Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, wishing you and your family a blessed Christmas season. Before I share today's message, I want to take a moment to remind you that Something Good is supported 100% by listeners like you. Your prayers and financial gifts keep the broadcast airing all year round on radio and online, and we continue to see people come to faith in Christ as a result. All of us here at Something Good Radio understand how difficult the past few years have been for so many people. Lost jobs, financial stress, social and political unrest. One thing you can do to help hurting people find the hope they're looking for is to prayerfully consider sending a special year-end tax-deductible gift to Something Good Radio, and do this before December 31st. It's during times of adversity in this life when people begin to seek answers about the next life. Many will be doing that for the first time in the days and weeks ahead. And that's why I'm asking for your help, because I want to be there to help answer those questions from God's holy word, both now and in the years ahead. Thank you for listening, and please know how grateful I am for your prayers and financial support. Well, the love of God is incomprehensible, immeasurable, and best of all, it's unconditional. Coming up next on today's edition of Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones explores God's unconditional love as he continues his series, The Gifts of Christmas. Stay with us or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Listen and subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Now from Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, God So Loved. And people in our society who love inclusive big tent politics would love John 3.16 if they really read it. Because whoever, whoever believes in him, there are no exceptions. Whoever believes in him is the depth of God's love. The depth of God's love goes all the way down into the darkest, darkest place in your heart and in my heart. It goes into the, 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 the deepest place in the sea. You'll never escape the love of God. You, you can go to the, the farthest place in the universe, the darkest place in the universe. You'll never escape the love of God. Whoever believes in him. And this is a wonderful place where you and I can insert our name into John 3.16, this microcosm of the Christmas story. For God so loved the world. No, for God so loved Ron Jones that he gave his one and only son, that if Ron Jones believes in him, he will not perish but have everlasting life. You can insert your name into that because whoever includes you. This, this is big tent politics. It's big tent religion. Whoever believes in him. You can even insert the name Adolf Hitler, Osama bin Laden, and Saddam Hussein. Is your theology, your understanding of God's Christmas love deep enough and wide enough and long enough and high enough to include the word whoever believes in him. You understand why I had a hard time with this message and just trying to wrap my little pea brain around the love of God? 
My love has limits. Uh, you, you hurt me, you step on me, you hurt any member of my family, and I, you know, I, I'm a human being. I, I'm not going to love you as much. It's going to be hard for me. Consider the height of God's love in the phrase, shall not perish, but have eternal life. There's a choice that's presented to us even at Christmas time. You go into eternity as we all will one day, and you can experience eternal life or eternal death. Hell is a lot of things. First of all, it's a real place, but it's one place where you'll never hear the words, I love you, from anybody, let alone God. That's a place that Jesus says is a, is a perishing place. But here's the good news, the good news about the height of God's love. Think about the height of heaven, God's heavenly home. God loves us so much that He wants us to spend all of eternity with Him in His, his heavenly home, His big house. Now, I, I, I can say, I love you, but I don't want to live with you, <laughs> and you don't want to live with me. We'd probably get on each other's nerves, right? I know a lot of parents who say, you know, I, I love my kids, but I, I, I raised them up to get out on their own. I'm not looking for them to come back, you know, the boomerang generation kind of thing. But our Heavenly Father loves us so much, He wants us to live with Him forever in His heavenly home, in His big house. And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm, I'm, I'm building many, many rooms. My Father's house has many, many rooms. He's building on a place for all, whoever will believe in Him. Because whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting and eternal life. Well, that, that's my 12-year-old with my 12-inch ruler attempt to, to try to measure the immeasurable love of God, the width, the length, the height, the depth. It's truly incomprehensible. It is immeasurable. But thirdly, God's Christmas love is inseparable. It's inseparable. Go with me now to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and I love these verses of Scripture, verses 38 and 39. Paul writes, he even crescendos at this point in his uh, argument in the book of Romans. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation, another translation says, nor, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a powerful, powerful verse of Scripture, friends. And for many of you who go into this uh, Christmas season and it's a hard, hard time of the year. The holidays are hard for you. Maybe it's been a long, long time until you've heard anybody say, I love you, let alone he hear, hear God say or somebody say that God loves you. Just to hear the words of Scripture here, nothing, nothing, nada, zilch can separate you from the love of God. It's inseparable. When I was in seminary many, many years ago in Dallas, Texas, I was working on my master's at Dallas Seminary, and one of my classmates and one of my friends uh, had a contact or a relationship or knew somebody who knew Dr. Charles Ryrie, who was a legendary professor at Dallas Seminary. Uh, like a lot of guys, I went to Dallas Seminary to study with certain professors because they, they were the guys who were writing the books and 
you know, and, and to have an opportunity to meet Dr. Ryrie, who was retired at the time, still living in the Dallas area in a high-rise apartment. Um, to, to have a chance to meet him was wonderful. My, my friend and classmate and I were taking a course called Spiritual Life, and part of what we did in Spiritual Life was study Romans 6, 7, and 8. It's a, it's a fabulous section of Scripture. And we had the opportunity to go to Dr. Ryrie's house over about five or six weeks and sit down personally with him in his home office where he personally tutored us through Romans 6, 7, and 8. I'm just telling you, this this is like somebody in the IT world uh, getting an opportunity to sit down with Bill Gates or Steve Jobs and and, and learn about computers and all that. And there were times that I just thought sitting in Dr. Ryrie's office that the cloud had come down and formed all around us. It was a wonderful experience for a couple of eager seminary students. And I'll never forget when Dr. Ryrie came to Romans chapters 8, verses 38 and 39, he read these two verses just like I did. And then he paused, and we looked at him just hanging on every word that he said. And he said, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. And he looked at my friend and I, and he says, are you a created thing? <laughs> it's when you, you think you know the answer, but you're scared to say it. We kind of looked at each other, yeah, we're, we're a created thing. And he just smiled, and he says, not even you can separate you from the love of God. That is so powerful. Because some of you are saying, Pastor, you don't know what I did six weeks ago, six months ago, or six hours ago. God can't love somebody like me, even this Christmas. Oh, yeah, he can. I don't know that I can explain it to you. It's incomprehensible. I don't know that I can measure it for you. It's beyond any human measurement. But I can tell you this, nothing Nothing you've done in the past, in the present, in the future will ever separate you from the love of God. And, and we're, we're reminded of that at Christmas time because Christmas is God's love to you and me personally and to the entire world wrapped in human flesh, wrapped in those swaddling clothes. It's a reminder for the world to be reminded and for us to be reminded individually that God loves us in a way that humanly we cannot comprehend. Maybe 19 years ago, and my son will be 19 in January, maybe when I became a father 19 years ago, I began to grasp just a little bit of how God loves his kids. Because I can't think of anything that my kids, my son or my daughter, could do to make me love them any more or any less than I really do. Okay? But even then, my human love is imperfect. So God's love is it's incomprehensible, it's immeasurable, it, it is inseparable. And fourthly, you, you've heard this before, but God's Christmas love is unconditional. It's unconditional. Years ago, C.S. Lewis, the great uh, mind of the 20th century, uh, the C.S. Lewis who was once a professed atheist who became a radical follower of Jesus Christ, He wrote a book called The Four Loves, and he went into the Greek language, the language that the New Testament is originally written in, and he found four words that could be translated in the English, love. So when when you're studying the Bible and you come across the word love, it's good to know which one of those four words they are. Some of them talk about a friendly kind of love, some romantic kind of love, some an erotic kind of love. And then there's this word agape. 
Agape. Anytime the Bible talks about God's love, it's, it's an agape love. It's an unconditional kind of love. It's not the kind of love that says, I love you if or I love you when. It just says, I love you, period. There are no conditions that the love of God sets for you and for me. We don't have to meet any particular conditions. And, and we can't go around bragging, saying, oh, I am this or I am that. Because I did this or because I did that, God must love me so much more. No, the Old Testament Israelites learned that God's love for even His chosen people was not dependent upon their performance. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. Listen on demand to any of Ron's messages at somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out our digital library, where you'll find more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic for answers to some of your most challenging questions. That's the digital library at somethinggoodradio.org. So let me ask you, do you have a passion to pray? Would you like to learn to pray with zeal from someone who's mastered the art of divine communication? The disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And he gave them a model for prayer that even a child can learn. In time for Christmas, Dr. Ron Jones is ready to share his brand new book, The Jesus Way to Pray, an intimate journey through the Lord's Prayer. Join Ron as he guides you phrase by phrase through the power and beauty of the prayer that begins, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. You'll also find an entire chapter that explains how Jesus prays for you and me, as well as biblical answers to the age-old question, does God answer prayer? That's the Jesus way to pray, an intimate journey through the Lord's Prayer. Pre-order your copy of Ron's new book for a donation of $25 or more. Share it with friends this Christmas by requesting a two-pack for $50, a four-pack for $75, or an eight-pack for a donation of $150 or more. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron as he shares the second half of today's message, God So Loved. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 7, Moses reminds the nation of Israel, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set His love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all the people. So if the Israelites were ever tempted to kind of, you know, walk around with their chests puffed out a little bit thinking, oh, you know, we're just, we're just this big bad nation and we're so good and no wonder God chose us. You know, Moses cut them down to size and said, no, you, you, you were a nothing nation. You were the fewest among them. If, if God really wanted to, you know, choose the, the best and the, and the baddest out there, he'd, he'd choose, no, but, the, but Israel, the Hebrew people? It's because God wanted to demonstrate His unconditional love. Rick Warren says, God never made a person that He doesn't love. If you're feeling unloved this morning for any reason, just, just hear those words this Christmas. God loves you. He never made somebody that He didn't love in a way that only God can love. And to try to wrap our minds around the unconditional nature of God's love, just remember this, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. 
You can't perform any better as a Christian, go to church more often, be baptized or, you know, have a perfect church attendance or anything like that. That's not going to make God love you anymore because his love is perfect and it's complete and it's full. It's already as big as it's ever going to get. Likewise, you, you can't stumble and fall and backslide and even fall into disobedience or even some heinous sin and make God love you any less than he already does because his love is unconditional. He doesn't say, I love you when or I love you if or I love you because. He just says, I love you. I love you. I love you just the way you are. And as the old saying goes, he loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. <laughs> That's why he sent his son. You may have a wayward child into drugs and all kinds of really bad things. You, you don't love your child any less, but you love that child so much, you don't want to leave that child that way. And you'll do whatever you can to rescue that child from that life of destruction. That, that's what Christmas is all about. God loves us so much. He saw us going down a really bad path toward a path of destruction. And he sent his only son into the hood, as it was, to rescue us. Sent us into a lost and corrupted and, and, and sin-marred world. As beautiful as the earth is, it is a ghetto compared to where Jesus came from. And he clothed himself in the rags of human flesh because he loves us too much to leave us on the path of destruction that we were heading toward. And so this is why John writes in, in 1 John chapter 3, he says, see, try, try to see this. Don't just hear it, but try to see it. See what kind or what manner of love the Father has given to us that we, that we of all people should be called children of God. And so we are, John says. He's writing to believers in Jesus Christ. John tells us in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 12, but to as many as received Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Well, it's one thing to be a child of God by creation, and we can kind of generally talk about the fatherhood of God and the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You become a child of God in that special and treasured relationship he wants to have with us by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christmas was the delivery of that, that package. Now, there are going to be a lot of packages delivered at Christmas time by, you know, UPS and FedEx. There, there was a, a package delivered 2,000 years ago in a place called Bethlehem. It had your name on it, had my name on it, had the entire world's name on it. And the package was this little baby of Christmas love wrapped in human flesh and in swaddling clothes. And we'll spend a lot of time this Christmas exchanging gifts, hopefully the gift of love and joy and peace and hope. We'll spend a lot of time trying to demonstrate our love toward one another. And when we do, let's, let's remember as best as we can that God so loved, or as John says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, we love. We love this Christmas. We love our family. We love our friends. We love our church. We love our neighbors. We love because he first loved us. Take some time to let your mind and your heart just 
marinate on that this Christmas. God loves you, friends. I can't explain it because it's, it's incomprehensible. I, I can't measure it. It's immeasurable. I can tell you that you'll never be separated from the love of God no matter how much you understand it. It's unconditional. And it's a gift that God has wrapped and He's, he's put under a tree. Oh, not a Christmas tree like the ones we decorate, but, but a tree called Calvary Christmas. And I want to encourage you to do so. For everybody who wants the free gift of God's Christmas love and the free gift of eternal life, it's there for the taking. And if you've never reached out by faith and received the free gift of God's Christmas love, this is a great time to do that. And there are people all across this church and all across this county and all across the state and the country and the world for for 2,000 years that have received this gift, this free gift, and it's changed their lives. Uh, The gift of Christmas love 2,000 years ago. And today can be that day of transformation for you. No better time, no better time to talk about the love of God than at Christmas and no better time to receive God's free gift of Christmas love than this Christmas. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, God So Loved. And I'm pleased to welcome in Dr. Ron Jones. Ron, let's talk for a minute about the unconditional love of God. There's a subtle message going around in popular culture, one that says, I can live however I want to live because God loves me and accepts me just like I am. What would you say to those who may have adopted this way of thinking for themselves? Well, Brian, the first thing I'd say is the statement, God loves me is true. Everyone who has ever lived can say it, and they'd be absolutely correct. God does, in fact, love everyone. The problem is that his love and acceptance of a person is not the same as his love and acceptance of a person's behavior. Think about your own children. You love them just the way they are, but you also love them enough to correct them, to help them change destructive behavior and implement productive behavior. So when a person uses the love of God as an excuse to sin, that that person has been deceived. And God is grieved because he knows that the way of repentance leads to a far more joyful life than the way of rebellion. But here's the really great part, Brian. God loves people no matter how deceived they are, no matter how much hatred for the Bible they may have, no matter how many times they reject his offer of salvation. God loves them enough to keep coming back, to keep revealing himself, because, well, his hope is that he can break through uh, those walls of deception and not only save people from eternal damnation, but also help them avoid some of the earthly consequences of sin. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even our own sinful mistakes. And for anyone out there who has a loved one who is a hater of God and a hater of, of the Bible, God's holy word, Well, I want to encourage you not to lose heart. Don't give up on that person because I can promise you, God hasn't. The love of God. It really is the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks, Ron, for those final thoughts on today's teaching. So your next message in the series is called Joy to the World. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the message has something to do with the gift of joy. Well, nothing gets by you, Brian. Yes, next time I'll dig deep into the unspeakable, indescribable joy of the Lord. If you remember, the premise of our current series is this, for God so loved the world that he gave. 
The first thing he gives is love, and we talked about that for the past couple of days. Next on God's Christmas giving list is joy. And unlike his gift of love, which is unconditional, the gift of joy is conditional. You can have it if. It's yours for the taking if. And you can lose it if. So for those who may have lost their joy or know someone who has, uh, my next message can really help because God longs to return that joy to you, to give back what's been stolen from you by the enemy. And he will help you do what's necessary to get it back. That's where we're headed tomorrow. I hope you'll join us. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Joy to the World. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.